Hello everyone, this is Elizabeth and welcome to a new episode of this podcast series by the Program in International Nutrition at Cornell University, or as we like to call it, the PIN Podcast. In this series, trainees in PIN interview leaders and rising stars in the field of international nutrition and global health. Today with me is... Hi everybody, Andrea. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. This is not... <laughs> This is great because this is actually who we are today. We have Andrea here and uh, Dr. Francesca Celletti joining us, joining us today. And Dr. Francesca is a global health expert. She has a, she's focusing on system strengthening and change to accelerate and sustain impact on countries. She has been working with the World Health Organization, uh, focusing on system design and strengthening priority diseases and multi-stakeholders partnership, both uh, headquarters and as well uh, with country offices, including the COVID-19 pandemic response. She's currently the senior advisor for the Obesity in Nutrition and Food Safety Department. And we are very, very excited to have you with us today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Great. And we usually start uh, our episodes with, with a little warm-up question. Uh, and this is about your career trajectory. So if you could tell us a little bit, like how how was it? What was your path to, to, to get where you are right now? Uh, thank you, Elizabeth and Andrea. And as I said, it's really a pleasure to be with you uh, today. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, so my name is Francesca Celletti, indeed, and I'm a medical doctor by training. And uh, uh, while Elizabeth has said uh, uh, most of my current work, uh, I started to work as a clinical uh, doctor, as a physician, but somehow very soon in time, I realized that uh, uh, while I was a, it, it, while I found an extremely rewarding and interesting job, somehow for me, for my way of being, it was um, too much limitative in scope and also maybe reach. Uh, so very early in my career, I decided to um, to move to a country uh, without really knowing what I was going to do there. And I moved to Yemen, where I was working in the Ministry of Health and uh, working really on health system strengthening. Uh, that really little bit shaped my future uh, trajectory because uh, on one side, I realized that public health was my field. And on the other side, I also realized that uh, uh, I just needed some more formal training uh, as a, an epidemiologist and also in public health and uh, therefore went back to school. And uh, after finishing my study and my PhD that also touched upon international health and global health, international studies, I went straight to WHO because uh, uh, somehow uh, being in WHO is a little bit the dream of every public health professional, especially in the very early years of the career. And WHO is indeed, uh, is indeed my dream job and has been my dream job for uh, for. Uh, for 20 years so far, because of many different issues. First of all, the mission, the mission to, to really improve the population health, the principles uh, that uh, the core values of the organization, and also the fact that uh, um, we do uh, try at least to reach the most vulnerable and uh, um, difficult, most vulnerable population and difficult areas of the world. 
So this is a little bit about me. And uh, since I've been in WHO, I've been working fundamentally, as uh, Elizabeth was saying, in designing system to respond to complex uh, uh, epidemics as, for example, the obesity epidemic. And that's why today I'm here with you, just to somehow try to contribute to the global dialogue, but also try to communicate what has uh, brought me here. Thank you for that response. Um, I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit, and maybe the other trainees who might be tuning in, about your decision to go back to the PhD. Do you feel like the MD was necessary in the work that you do, or how do you feel that that plays into the your trajectory and where you are today? Um, you know, the MD study, medical study and PhD study are very different because uh, in uh, as a medical doctor, you really try uh, to understand and you move across different issues and find a solution. And of course, you need to be systematic and uh, evidence-based and uh, and uh, and then courageous. What uh, what uh, drove me to do a PhD was uh, uh, to just go deeper on some aspect that I felt I didn't touch upon in medical school. Uh, for example, the complexity of the global health environment and the importance of uh, of the international relation. Uh, because as in in the medical field is a science-based environment, while if we move to global health, we move into a much more complex system where, where there is the, the medical dimension, the health dimension, but there is the social dimension, there is the political dimension, there is the economical dimension, there is the human rights dimension. So it really becomes, again, a complex system. That's why going through the PhD, I really learn how to uh, analyze and uh, design the framework to address this complex system. So this is the first reason. The second reason is that the mindset you develop in your PhD, and I was discussing with the uh, students earlier. Today, the learning journey of individual has changed massively. I also teach global health and international relations in undergrad and postgrad students, and I can see very limited in this small student body at the University of Geneva, that uh, somehow the learning journey has changed because uh, uh, it's true that uh, the, the knowledge is the foundation of what we do, but there are so many more elements that today has become important, uh, which are the, the structure, which are the integrity through which we work, which are the methodology, which is the discipline that we learned through PhD study, which is the methodological approaches, which is the curiosity and the need to answer answer question. So this is really the, the, the need and the passion and the and the stamina also that we want to have to answer and answer question, because that is really what is going to drive us to work in the future. So that is one of the additional reasons that moved me uh, to do a PhD, but also I think uh, is one of the critical factors that uh, in the transition of the learning journey of uh, today's student. Well, I think this is a, a great, a great uh, transition to our next question, which is building up on that, you, you're mentioning all those critical skills and, and elements that go into learning and being part of the sort of public health field or global health. And so in relation to that, how do you, how do you work with all of those elements on your usual day-to-day -day work? Like 
just give us a, a sneak peek into what is the, the what is a normal day uh, of work for you at WHO? Uh, well, WHO is just a part of my life, but uh, <laughs> starting from like a normal day in general, of course, the work takes a, a lot of time in the day as for any of us. So is uh, and my day WHO can be very different because as I was saying, our world is characterized by internal meetings where we do agree on strategies and uh, on uh, how to shape our work, strategy on what we should prioritize, how to shape the response to that specific priority. And then it can move to external world, which is uh, what are the uh, critical stakeholders that we need to contact as to create consensus around this specific priority that we decide to move forward? And then also partnering with other agencies, we do we are part of the UN family, so that uh, initial discussion is also with other colleagues that are working within the UN family, like UNICEF or UNFPA or uh, any other program that is relevant to the topic that has to be discussed. However, we also have, uh, you know, the the governance of WHO. We respond to the need of member state, and then, in fact, we have a very formal process, which is the governing bodies, where we convene every year through the World Health Assembly, where we really try to either present strategies that the member states have requested or propose uh, specific areas of work. So definitely that convening mechanism that is a critical structure of our governance is how we spend a lot of time in the discussion and negotiation and response to the needs of the member state. Of course, this is a little bit the work in Geneva. Nevertheless, we try as much as possible to strengthen our country impact. So we do work a lot in countries and that characterizes some of our uh, days as well, where we fly no matter where, depending on the needs and depending on the area of work we um, we uh, focus on at the moment and uh, and really try to be in the countries and sitting with the relevant government representative and, uh, and other stakeholders, non-state actors, other donors, other specific country colleagues that are working at country level and try to shape together country-specific response. So it's really a complex uh, uh, work. No day is uh, equal to the other. And it's extremely interesting. As I said before, you know, uh, my dream job when I was thinking about public health uh, 25 years ago was to be in WHO and 25 years later is still my dream job. And so that is extremely rewarding and also extremely nurturing. Nevertheless, it's nice, just as part of my day, I have a family, I have two children that uh, occupy me a lot. Um, so it's uh, also lovely to take care of them and also understand uh, through them uh, the new trends in the society and how the society is transforming. So it's not only taking care of them, it's also they are my telescope into the new generation, which uh, uh, we, we I'm definitely learning from. I'm also you know, an avid athlete. And uh, and uh, so sport is also very good. Uh, it keeps me quite occupied. And uh, so I try, I, you know, I'm an avid skier and I love horses and uh, either one or the other, I always try to to do it every day. So this is how my days is a, is a, is a simple and at the same time, uh, very complex. I was going to say, building off really that, how do you balance, how do you balance all of these different um, roles that you play? How do I balance uh, all these aspects? Uh, 
Well, you know, somehow flexibility from my family, that is definitely uh, very important. Keeping my interest and passion alive because uh, um, what I was describing, uh, this is, you know, let's, let's take it from the, from the work point of view. It's still my dream job. And it is really like that. So it is complex, it is difficult, and it is time consuming, it is energy consuming, but it doesn't really feel that way. And so it's definitely important also in the, uh, this is an element that I think we need to take into consideration when we uh, project ourselves into uh, into a professional journey, you know, to really try to to direct our energy towards something that can keep nurturing us, because uh, uh, that is something. This is extremely important. Uh, so that is one thing: flexibility from my family, uh, very good organizational skills, and uh, also prioritization. Um, because you know, work-wise you can be dragged everywhere and sometimes mm -hmm. it's very important while everything is interesting at the end of the day very few things are critically important so try to you know to just think back and really try to focus on what is critically important is a, is a skill that we learn but is extremely important um, and then also keeping some space in the day where you are nurtured so that you don't go to the following day totally depleted, but still full of passion and uh, and really effort to, to, to keep going. So it's very important that one, you know, to say, okay, now I stop. I'm not done, but I stop. I recharge myself through whatever can recharge ourselves. And then that gives you the, uh, sometimes some stability, but also the force and the energy to keep going. So we, it's very important that as, as individual, we do find our areas where we know we have, we can be recharged and we can be nurtured and we can uh, uh, have fun and we can enjoy and, uh, and, uh, and really try to make the best of every single minute of the day. Wow, that was, that was the, the inspiring, a very inspiring message. And, very. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's also very applicable to us. I, I, I will I relate with that and be like, okay, I need to take this into account. And I also wanted to go back a little bit to one of the uh, comments you were making before about your work with countries and, um, and all that sort of like linking what happens at headquarters with what happened in countries and, and prioritizing and, and all that. And so would you tell us a little bit more about how is that work uh, with countries? How is your experience working with different countries, the, the, the challenges or also like the challenges and the, and the fun parts as well, or the interesting parts? Thank you. This is a very good question and very close to my heart because it's indeed uh, SWHO, that's where, that is the core of what we do is really to, to change and to provide the mechanism for that change to happen in countries. Personally, I, I very much like to work in a country. In fact, as WHO, but also, as I, I said at the beginning of this conversation, uh, when working for different organizations, I actually stayed a few years at country level. So, you know, I, I started with Yemen, but also I continued to be seconded to Uganda and then South Africa and then Philippines. I was part of the WHO country office in the Philippines. I think that uh, that is core and that really has uh, somehow very much helped for me to build uh, uh, the, the pillar of my mind uh, 
framework to to shape whatever work I do because it's only understanding what are the needs in the countries, what are the needs at the peripheral level, not necessarily only in the capital, but really what, uh, you know, when we work at the centralized level, what are the needs of the population living in uh, disadvantaged social or geographical condition? or uh, of families that uh, have difficulties in sending the children to school or very simply providing like a daily meal to the children. And uh, so it really, really puts you in that context and you are somehow close to the reality you need to face and some very, very much close to the problem that you need to solve. So just to emphasize, if as public as professional, that part of the work and that part of experience is a critical piece throughout our journey throughout our career that we might want to do at a different level, that we might want to do it in different countries and also keep going back and forth between HQ and work at country level is definitely what uh, can keep us somehow more responsive to the need of the current epidemics. Okay, well, we're going to start wrapping up our podcast, but I have one last question and Elizabeth will wrap up with our kind of traditional last question. Um, but my question is, what piece of advice do you have for current trainees in the international nutrition space? You know, I think that uh, what I would uh, advise for the little I can do is that uh, to the current trainees, uh, definitely somehow think with your brain, but uh, remember to act with your heart. Because uh, uh, we were talking about uh, being nurtured and continue to have the passion to work and continue to have the energy to want to change things and good, good for the world is very important. The second piece of advice would be probably commit to do good, uh, no matter what and no matter where. So we can do good in the world or addressing a complex epidemic and we can do good in our daily routine. That is equally important because changes start small and only they can only, it's only putting one piece after the other that we can make a difference. The third piece is probably find your purpose. That is very important, but be ready to change if you want to. Also be flexible and tolerant and understanding with yourself because that can change throughout life. And also somehow, you know, as a general piece of advice is that overall kindness is irresistible. And uh, we can express in every moment of the day, no matter what we do. And this is something that can be, kindness can be expressed at individual level, but also can be expressed at population level. And that is what can be a little bit the, the structure of uh, what we need to put in place if we do want to change this world. Wow. Thank you for that advice. That was yeah. really lovely. <laughs> and I think will be useful moving forward. Yeah. And, Thank and, you for having me. All right, we, we still, we, we're not letting you go yet. We have one oh, more okay. question. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. And also, I think I'm already thinking about a, 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 another Maybe a mini series we can do and, and invite you back to tell us a little bit more stories from from the field. Um, but this is sort of like thinking out loud, so so we'll we'll let you know. <laughs> um, I would so, love to. Great. So our last question is usually that is you know kind of becoming a tradition, um, and we ask you to tell us 
the best thing and the worst thing about your your work? Where do you want me to start? The most <laughs> to you. Up to you. You, you. You're free to decide where to start. <laughs> so I start from the worst, and I don't want to be repetitive here, but uh, as I was saying before, I made sure to choose a job where there are no bad things, or those bad things are very tolerable. The best thing about my job is uh, the purpose, is to do good or try to do good, is a possible impact that we can achieve, is also enjoying the fluid environment and complex and changing and uh, full of surprises that overall makes it a very fun job to have. No, thank you. I mean, this is this is very inspiring as well. I'm like, hey, fun, including fun in a in a purposeful, you know, work. Um, well, now, uh, sadly, this is the the end of the episode, and I would like you thank you very very much for sharing all of this with us, all this great advice, all about your experience, um, and thank you as well to the listeners of this podcast and stay tuned for more insightful conversations with amazing researchers in international nutrition and global health. Thank you for listening.